Hello, and welcome back to another edition of Across the States, the premier state policy podcast, courtesy of the American Legislative Exchange Council. I'm your host, Beth Fisher, as always. It's great to have you with us again for another episode. Today, we have a special edition of Across the States. Joining us is our State Legislator of the Month from the great state of Iowa, Representative John Wills, and the Director of the Commerce, Insurance, Economic Development Task Force for ALEC, Gretchen Baldau. Gretchen, Representative Wills, welcome to Across the States. How are you guys doing today? Very good. Thank you for having me. Doing well. Thank you for hosting today, Matt. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to have you both on today. Now, Gretchen, I'm going to put the questioning over to you because I know you and Representative Wills have been working together on a lot of great stuff in your task force. So, Gretchen, go ahead and take it away. What are we talking about today? Thank you, Matt. Yes, so happy to have Representative Wills with us today. And also, I just want to take a quick moment to congratulate him and say how honored we are to have you as our Alex State Legislator of the Month for February of 2022. Thank you for all of your great work in Iowa, Representative Wills. Thank you. For me, it's an honor to be even considered as a Legislator of the Month. So I really appreciate it. Thank you. No, thank you. Before we get into our policy discussion today, I wanted to ask you a little bit how you got into being a legislator in Iowa. What first drew you to that role in Iowa? Well, you know, what I really kind of liked the most about it was about eight years ago, really an elderly lady, uh, she's kind of like the patriarch of uh, the Dickinson County Iowa party, came up to me and she said, you're going to run for state legislature and you're going to win. And, and I said, I've never considered doing that. I don't want to do that. But as I started thinking about that and started you know, thinking, well, geez, maybe I can do something here. And one night we were watching Fox News, my wife and I, and we both almost at the same time said, why doesn't somebody do something about that? And all of a sudden it dawned on me, well, here's a perfect opportunity. I just want to do something. I want to make a difference and make Iowa, make the nation a better place. Well, thank you for your service. And it sounds like you're already off to a great start. These past years, changing Iowa for the better. And we're happy to have you as part of ALEC, especially as part of our board of directors here. So now that you have been a legislator in Iowa for seven years, what are some of the accomplishments that you're most proud of or that you think has made the biggest positive impact on Iowans' lives? I've been really blessed to be able to be part of some key legislature in the state of Iowa among those, uh, a water quality bill that really I think is a national standard, working with many different groups in that. But also, I mean, we just passed one of the biggest tax cuts in the state history, a tax reform like nothing else we've seen in the state of Iowa, about $1.9 billion tax cut. So I was instrumental in that. Just a lot of different things, working with a lot of different groups, trying to just do different things for the state, trying to make Iowa a more competitive state. One of the things that I ran for eight years ago was that I kind of hate seeing our kids leave the state of Iowa for better places. I want to make Iowa a better place. And so for part of that, we just have to make Iowa competitive. We have to make Iowa a place that people want to stay. We don't have mountains. We don't have oceans here in the state of Iowa. So we have to have other things to draw folks to come here. Wonderful. And getting to the topic of today, so home-based businesses. You've passed a bunch of legislation that covers such a broad range of issues. What first drew your attention to home business reform? I've always been interested in freedom. I've always been interested in allowing people the opportunity and the chance to excel. And so home-based businesses, when you look at that, it's one of the fastest growing type of business in the nation. When you look at what happened during COVID, 
where people were home anyway. I think the number is, the figure is about 50% of all businesses are home-based businesses. You really have to have an atmosphere or the ability for these home-based businesses to thrive. I mean, if you look at some of our biggest businesses in, in the world right now, Apple computers, Gateway computers, Harley Davidson, you could just keep going down the list. They all started out as home-based businesses. And so uh, right now what we're seeing is that we're having a lot of communities, a lot of counties starting to pass ordinances that say home-based businesses have to do this or have to do that, or you can only have one home-based business per home. And so that stuff is kind of hampering what could be the next Fortune 500 company. And so we need to look at how can we best serve those home-based businesses, especially when half of our businesses are home-based businesses. How do we make it an atmosphere where they can thrive? And so what we did was look at different types of policies that are out there. Alec happened to have a very nice start for us with a model policy on home-based businesses. So we look at that and kind of adjusted it for the state of Iowa. And then we will be adding some stuff along the lines of cottage food industries so that we're specifically targeting food safety and food freedom is what I'm calling it. So that in the state of Iowa, we can have home-based businesses. Many of them are food-based businesses and we just need to open freedom for people to be able to develop their business and thrive. And why do you consider this so important for the state of Iowa to have? You know, some people think of California maybe as a place where these tech startups are happening in people's garages. Why is it important for Iowa? Who knows when or where the next Fortune 500 company is going to come from. There's ideas everywhere and people are thriving everywhere with their home-based businesses. And it's just one ordinance or one thing that kind of is a, maybe a silly thing that somebody in a city council thinks is important, but it could hamper that business and prevent it from becoming a reality. And on top of that, who is the government to stop somebody from achieving their dreams? It may, be, may not be the dream of that city councilman or that county supervisor, county official, but it's that person's dream. And so as long as a business is not creating an atmosphere in that community or in that residential area, that's outside the scope of a residential area, I really believe they should be allowed to thrive and do the things that those businesses can best do to, to make a living and pro- provide for that family and provide for that business owner. Thank you. I love that reminder that government is here to serve the people and not get in their way, not vice versa. So thank you for that reminder. Kind of connected to what you said regarding the scope of businesses in a neighborhood. You know, some critics of these reforms do worry about the impact on neighbors. There's nothing like the pesky neighbor that decides to set up a shop in their garage that suddenly the street is full of cars and there's nowhere to park and there's a ton of noise coming out. So how does this bill, how would it protect neighbors from inconsiderate and dangerous home-based businesses? That's a good point because you can't just open things up wide open and just allow, you know, somebody manufacturing hazardous material next door to other residences that there has to be some regulations. There is a purpose for government after all. So this bill does have some specific cutouts or some specific guidelines where, you know, parking has to be reasonable according to that resident. The number of people in that home can exceed the number that the county or the, the entity allows for. You know, and it has to be compatible with that residential use. You can't have a tree cutting business 
in the middle of a quiet neighborhood that just wouldn't be compatible with that residential area. And so what we're trying to do is to balance that residential area with the ability for people to have that home-based business and to thrive in that home-based business. So with that, you've got to have some balance. You've got to have some give and take. But what we're trying to do is to limit that give and take so that it still allows for the home-based business to succeed, but with the recognition that and people have the right to enjoy their home just as much as that business owner has a right to have the business. Yes, absolutely. I don't think I would know it if my neighbor decided to run like a LuLaRoe uh, chapter out of their house next door. I just think that they had a lot of shipping. Other question for you about this is, have you encountered any more obstacles or objections to this reform from people in Iowa? Well, specifically to these bills that we have in front of us, Last year, I tried to do a bill that had some raw milk, and that was a big issue. And I agree, I kind of inadvertently did that. Iowa is an agriculture state, and yet with our agriculture state, we don't want to be dealing with raw milk. We don't want to be putting that out there. The dairy industry doesn't want raw milk to become a mainstream type of thing. So we had to really back down on some of that. And so what we've done is we've tailored, especially the food freedom part, to be dealing with non-perishable items. We're staying away from meat and dairy, but still allowing for as much food as possible because food safety has got to be an issue too. And again, I said there's a reason for government and uh, the safety of, of its citizens is one of those reasons. We've had a lot of discussion with the home-based business bill, specifically with signage and with what is a residential compatible use because that specifically states that in the bill that has to be a residential compatible use. So I would look at some of those as being barriers, but they're not insurmountable. And I think that we're going to get a really good bill out of it. In fact, we've got several Democrats that are really interested. I'm a Republican that we've got several Democrats that are really interested in helping us out with this bill because they see the value of home-based businesses, food freedom. And everybody has seen what happened during COVID when, you know, right now we still have bear shells. We still have areas where we are having problems with our food chain of supply and that sort of thing. I really believe that having some food freedom within our state, within our local areas, that will help to alleviate that. On top of that, it helps the entire community when you're able to take that locally grown product, that locally produced product, package it up and sell it as a home-based business product. And now you're adding value to that product here in the state of Iowa as an agricultural state we produce a lot of food. And so if we can add value to it right here in our home state rather than ship it off to China or India or something, which is still something we'll have to do. But if we can do something that makes it add value right here in our home state, that's just going to really add to that progression of the dollar and add to the velocity of the dollar and make it work more. That's a great point about the supply chain. We don't always have to look from far away to get our supplies. It could just be our next door neighbor. That's the one supplying it to us. Exactly. So that's a great reminder, very timely. Kind of connected to this, I know you've also submitted to food-related, like food freedom-related bills into the legislature. Are those going to be connected to this home-based business bill now? Yeah, well, that's a good question because I mentioned earlier that you know, with the dairy and the, the raw meat, we had some problems. And so we didn't want to stop. We didn't want to stop the discussion of the home-based businesses or on food freedom. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take pieces out of those bills 
And also we've been working with some other groups to try to get some workable language that we can add as an amendment. We're going to add that on the House floor as an amendment and make it a really good, strong bill that backs home-based businesses and food freedom. So we're not giving up on last year's bills. We're going to continue those discussions and add to this home-based business to make it a really cool, I think, bill that deals with both issues at the same time. It's going to be a unique approach. Representative Wills, so similar to a question I asked you earlier in this podcast, what drew your attention to these food freedom-based reforms? That's another good question. So I'm always a freedom-loving American first. And when I see some silly ordinances that are coming into effect, like, for example, one ordinance in the state of Iowa that a county has is that you cannot have two home-based businesses in one home. I think that's just silly. What you're doing is you're limiting those folks to possibly the next Fortune 500 company or whatever it happens to be. We also have in the state of Iowa a maximum dollar amount that a home bakery can sell of $35,000. Well, that's silly. So just think if Harley Davidson was limited back in the day to uh, selling $5,000 worth of motorcycles, they would have never been able to become the next top 10 motorcycle builder in the world. So I really am looking at these things as kind of similar type things where we just need to look at ordinances, how they affect home-based businesses, and how can we have a balance? We need to be able to strike a, a very fine balance because I don't want people to be uncomfortable in their own home, but yet I want people to be comfortable having a business in their own home if they so desire. Like I said, 50% of our businesses right now are home-based businesses, and so we've got to really look at how can we balance the two. And I think with state law, we can help the counties and the cities develop ordinances that fit these home-based businesses, but aren't overburdensome. Makes sense to me. And it sounds like these reforms, you know, the food reforms and the home-based business reforms, they're very synergetic in that they seem to be supporting each other and working together to help free up people to make decisions best for them. So it makes sense to me what you're doing. Yeah, they both fit very well together. And uh, I think we could do them separately, but they fit so well together. They're they're really basically one and the same. Wonderful. And before we start closing up for today, I wanted to ask if there's any other policies that you're working on in Iowa or any other messages that you want people who listen to this podcast to know about. Well, I just want people to know that Iowa is becoming more competitive all the time. And I really represent the state of Iowa. I really think that Iowa is a place to go and a place to move to. And so we are welcoming. We're a great state. We're becoming more free all the time. And we just lowered our maximum tax rate to 3.9%. So come to Iowa, enjoy a low cost of living, low taxes, and great freedoms. Wonderful. And I've heard the rumor that Iowa is probably going to be moving up in the rankings in our rich states, poor states coming up soon. So Congratulations on that. That's an exciting reform. Um, Representative Wells, thank you so much for speaking with us today. Thank you for everything you're doing for Alec and for the great state of Iowa. Thank you for your service to Iowa and also in the armed services as well. So we just appreciate everything you do. Thank you for everything Alec does. I think that Alec is a top-notch organization and I can't understand why anybody wouldn't support ALEC and the causes that ALEC stands for. 
Well, I don't think we can get a better endorsement than that. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, Representative Wills, for joining us today. Thank you to our Director of the Commerce, Insurance, and Economic Development Task Force, Gretchen Baldau, for joining us. And thank you for all of our listeners joining us on today's episode of Across States. I'm your host, as always, Matt Fisher. And be sure to tune in next time for more of the Premier State Policy Podcast. Thank you for listening to Across the States, the leading state-focused policy podcast presented by the American Legislative Exchange Council, the premier free market organization of and for legislators. To learn more about our work or to make a tax-deductible donation, visit alec.org. Tell us what you think on Facebook and Twitter at Alec States. The views and opinions expressed on Across the States are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the American Legislative Exchange Council. 